podcast we have a very special episode today with an extremely special guest um this has been kind of in the pipeline for quite a while and i'm very excited to have them on board so um yeah without further ado we're doing power rangers today if you couldn't already tell by the collection behind me for youtube viewers um we have the one and only disney brain who is a content creator of power rangers um one of the most popular ones within the fandom so yeah, we're extremely uh, humbled and lucky to have him on today. So uh, yeah, Disney Brain, say hi to everyone. How's everyone doing today? It's nice to be here, and thanks for inviting me onto this wonderful podcast. You're most welcome. Great to yeah, have yeah. you. Yeah, let's let's just dive straight in then. Naf, do you want to get the ball rolling? Yeah. So I think as we are the Nerd Impact Podcast, I guess the best place to start would be the beginning. So I suppose Disney Brain, where did Power Rangers come into the picture for you? Where did where did it all sort of start? Great question. So, uh, so I'm kind of an old fart as far as fandom goes. Like, I I just turned 31, uh, like a week ago. So, Power Rangers for me started when Power Rangers literally started way back in '93. Nice. And so I was I was that I was a child back then, of course, watching the original seasons and being invested in the stories and the stunts and the costumes and the monsters and the Zords every week and trying my best not to miss an episode. And I think when I really found myself in the PR fandom is when I actually acquired a Megazord for the first time. And it was, it was the original Mighty Morphin Megazord. And oh, wow. unfortunately, I do not have it now. But back in the 90s, it was like a fraction of the cost that it would cost you now. Like I yeah, see all these fancy, fancy original Megazords. It goes like 200 bucks. I'm just like, wow, wow, inflation's a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. You're sitting on an absolute goldmine there. But I, I mean, I suppose, where, where did you sort of start in terms of your channel, I suppose? Where did you sort of, you know, reach the point where you're like, wow, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Power Rangers and all the stories that it tells. Where did it sort of, you know, begin that you wanted to, to produce content for Power Rangers? Really great question. Well, as some of you might know, I based, just based on the title of my channel, I originally started with just really making Disney videos mm -hmm. and was, was acquiring a decent enough following doing that. And at some point, I was always thinking about expanding my content and doing other things based on where my overall interests lie. Mm -hmm. So at some point, I decided to just make a top a top 10 video for power rangers and i think at that point it was either a top 10 seasons video the original one i made before i remade that video or the top 10 yellow rangers one or the other mm -hmm. and my original plan during that time was was to make an entire month dedicated to power rangers videos and that didn't quite work out because i realized i was taking an exorbitant amount of time to actually make a power rangers video and that was kind of like, on the one hand, I couldn't at the time commit to making like four or five videos within that month span as I originally had thought. But yeah. I don't think I had planned for that eventuality very well as much as I could have because I had only had one video scripted out. And it's like, oh, wait, I have all these other Disney Channel shows to review. This isn't going to work out very well. Yeah, it's a lot to take on board, I suppose. All that, uh, all those seasons to cover, especially like the amount of content 
you know, you owner yourself has produced, but also just Power Rangers as a as a franchise that's produced is is pretty overwhelming. <laughs> oh yeah, very much so. But I think that experience reminded me that just just in terms of how long it took me to even create those original videos, that this was something I was passionate about. This was something I had a lot to say about. And eventually I was going to make that more of a staple of my channel. Mm-hmm. And thankfully for me, there was a lot of a lot more people that wanted to hear my thoughts and stances on various Power Rangers stuff. So making more of a full transition when I wasn't when I wasn't feeling as much doing the Disney stuff mm-hmm. um, as passionately, mainly because a lot of the shows that I was most passionate about on that front were ending. I wasn't as invested in some of the movies that were coming out, though I was still reviewing a couple of DCOMs here and there and yeah. even reviewed Descendants 3 as early as, what, a year ago, or whenever that came out. So it was still like intermittent sprinklings of Disney stuff here and there, but at that point, ever since I think it was the the Power Rangers Samurai video, some however many years ago that was, that I really started getting more invested in doing that, and people started really resonating with it, so I just did more and more and more and eventually continue to branch out content in terms of not just doing seasonal reviews, but doing more top tens, doing more topical videos based on whatever sort of piqued my fancy on that particular week or month or what have you. And then I guess the rest is history. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I mean, Aiden, do you, do you, do you want to fire a question away from producer Brian? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, beforehand, should we kind of just touch on the three of us on oh, where we landed with Power Rangers? Yes, yes, um, we are here as well. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, alongside Disney Brain, I'd class myself as an old fart bench. You know, I'm I'm 29 this year, so I, I was also part of the you know the Power Rangers boom when it all started. Um, yes, same sort of thing. You know, I wanted to watch every episode every week. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I followed all the way up to Lightspeed, no, Time Force, actually, because obviously, Ben, you, you know, that's where you kind of jumped on. Yeah. Um, and then I dipped off for a while, and then um, I kind of found my way back during Dino Thunder, because obviously Tommy was in it, and they were kind of marketing that as the big kind of callback for people. Um, but the same as Disney Brain, you know, I had all the figures, you know, the original flip heads, I had the Megazords, um my and I had a friend um from primary school who had like double what I had like you know he had like the original Saba Easy. like Ben's got behind him he had the Tiger Zord like he had he had the gold mine I don't know if he still has them if he does the guy could make some serious money off it or if not I'd buy them off him because there's some great <laughs> stuff there because unfortunately for us and you know I, I curse my mom to this day and she knows it she uh either donated them or threw all of our Power Ranger toys away oh, when she thought no. yeah. She thought, she thought we were we were growing up, and I'm like, Mom, have you not seen that I'm clearly not growing up? I, I <laughs> re-brought most of the figures. Um, but yeah, so that's where I kind of landed, and Power Rangers has really never left my side. Like, even if I dip out of it for a while, something pulls me back in. You know, the Lightning Collection figures, the, the comics, anything like that, I'm, I'm straight back in. So that's kind of where I sit. Um, ben, what about you? Well, I mean, as you said, uh, Time Force is where I really got into it that was probably about the age where um i was sort of becoming aware of like interesting tv shows and things um 
So yeah, I mean, I, I remember being around grandma and granddads all the time after school, watching a uh, Time Force. Uh, I think we had videos of it, uh, yeah. or at least we'd record them. Uh, and I mean, what's a not to love? Big explosions, flip kicks, uh, awesome suits. I think just as any kid that age, you just fall in love with the, the whole aesthetic of it. Um, I, just, I just need to remind you that for a long time, um, you called like the the certain part of Time Force the trip with the hat episodes. Like you, you <laughs> randomly, yeah, he got he, he had like his Fisher hat on, and you were like, yeah, yeah, these are the episodes with Trip with the Hat. And that I, I just remember oh, that yeah. ingrained in my head, like you know. The per- the first couple like the first third of the season you were just like yeah it's time for us then you're like oh yeah now we're watching trip with the hat episodes <laughs> yeah I just had to throw that in there because it's like ingrained in my brain yeah I'd forgot unfortunately but uh, <laughs> thank you he'd had he buried that one he just yeah <laughs> I'm here to dig it up oh no what force I absolutely loved um the dagger and um loads of the orbs that go in the middle with different uh swords in um and then yeah ninja storm dino thunder was a massive one uh i really got invested to into and i think it was probably because i used to look at it as like a a second coming of like uh mighty morphin mm-hmm. i held it a bit on a, a bit different pedestal to the rest and it just was uh something that i really invested myself into uh but then i've sort of petered off about spd so yeah, I mean, Math. mine's mine's very very similar to Ben. Is that I'm only a year older than him. At, at uh, well, I'm 23 for two two more days, but um, yeah. So I, I started at Time Force. Like my earliest memory of Power Rangers is uh, just a really specific odd memory. But um, I, I don't I think I think it was either the one of the very first episodes or, or in the movie where Ranzig sort of pulls that bone sort out of his knee. I have just yeah. a really Ooh. vivid image of that, and that that's like the earliest memories I can remember of watching Power Rangers. But for me, uh, Wild Force and Ninja Storm were my favorites. Like, I love Wild Force. I still do. Like The theme song's still stuck in my head. And uh, I think they're the coolest set of Rangers, in my opinion. The ones I enjoyed the most. Um, I had the most, probably, Ninja Storm merchandise. Like I had a bunch of different copies of the, the Megazord. Uh, I had like the Mega Blocks uh, Megazord as well. And uh, I had the Thunder Ranger Megazord as well. And a lot of the, um, like the staff weapons they had. So I, I was I was really really into Ninja Storm, but um, I sort of fell off a li- little bit around Dino Thunder because I remember that was when sort of Jetix was. I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Uh, I don't know if they. Ha- I think they had it in America. I think they still maybe do. They have. Yeah, the, yeah. Jetix, I don't know yeah. if they still have it, but yeah, I definitely I definitely remember watching Jetix a fair bit, especially yeah. since they they played a lot of classic episodes that otherwise wouldn't have gotten aired anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So Jetix was, I mean, it's definitely not around on Sky in the UK. So, like, uh, our sort of like cable TV, um, it's not around as a, as a channel anymore, unfortunately. But that was where I watched a lot of, um, a lot of Power Rangers, mostly Dino Thunder. But, uh, I, I sort of, I'd say that like the last one I really enjoyed, like Ben would be SPD, like I had the big dog gun and everything. Uh, I loved it. But, um, I, was, I, did, I don't think I had the, the Megazord for SPD, but I definitely had the Morphers for, uh, the Chronomorpher, um, the, the Howl phone uh, from Wild Force, uh, all of the um, Ninja Storm morphers, and uh, yeah, the SPD morpher as well, which I really love. So yeah, that's sort of it for me. Nice. Uh, yeah, kind of going back to the questions. Um, Disney Brain, so do you see yourself remaining primarily as a Power Rangers channel now? 
Um, that's a good question. I've I've tried to slowly sort of expand my reach to more general tokusatsu sort of arrangements. My ideal is to continue to expand and maybe do more with with movie and film reviews, ideally, if enough of my subscribers are interested in that, while still keeping Power Rangers, of course, near and dear to the core. And it's been a bit harder lately to get videos out there. I mean, my, my productivity was once making a video every two weeks, and I think over the last three months I've made three videos. So real life, balancing all that with real life has been has been proven a bit challenging as of late, but really, ER keeps doing interesting things that encourage me to really discuss it, and I think for better and for worse at times, they're still doing that for me. So I, I certainly haven't gotten tired of the franchise yet, and hopefully balance that out with doing with doing new and interesting stuff and yeah no that's really, that's really exciting um i mean that kind of goes on to our next question really well is um kind of what's the background for your analysis is because obviously you know um what roped me in especially was your you know in-depth analysis of the seasons i mean i absolutely adored the lost galaxy one and obviously you know you split the inspired one into three parts because it was so big um, so where did you kind of get the inspiration for that? You know, was it through um, a degree or was it just through a passion? Um, you know, what? yeah, where did that come from? That is a very good question. I would say that... Hmm, I would say that a lot of it just comes from just the way that I've always kind of taken to media in general. But I also feel like when I started college, I, I went to Boston College not too far from where I am now, back in the day. Um, oh, it's been like 10 years now. But when I was there, the first professor I ever had was one that really resonated with me because he really encouraged all of his students to think a lot more deeply about things. And... Just the way he carried himself and the way he spoke and the way he wanted to educate us, I think that was very influential to the way that I live my life now, but also the way that I come into my content, wanting to look at things a bit deeper, wanting to look through the nuance and the subtext and obviously the main text and how that all sort of congeals and coalesces together or how it sometimes doesn't. And it's the kind of thing that I didn't think was really you really really being done enough in these circles so it's always rewarding to me to find out that there's so many people that enjoy and appreciate the kind of analysis that I try to bring because it's not the kind of thing that is done too often but it always encourages in my opinion really interesting conversations it allows us to look at the things that we love in a different light and the thing that often that often people get confused by is they is a lot of them assume that I would look at certain seasons or certain passions of mine less favorably if I quote unquote overthink it. But what I've come to find is that I feel like I have a deeper appreciation for what Power Rangers is, has been, and has always done and continues to do now than back before now. 
when I wasn't thinking through a lot of what it was as deeply. And that's something that I'll always hold as a special place in my heart. That's wonderful. So, so sort of like the further you sort of, I suppose, uh, thematically and also just through the analysis sort of broken into uh, the meat of Paranger, I suppose, the more you've come to appreciate all that it has to say, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think like, like there's no, there's no shortage of flaws in Power Rangers. We all know that. But I think with through analysis and through thinking about the way certain certain narratives within the franchise sort of carry themselves, it also allows me to appreciate the little things as well as the bigger things that they do do that much more. Especially when I think about a season like Lost Galaxy, which is my personal favorite, and think about everything that season went through as far as far as as far as adversity is concerned, as far as trying trying to film a consistent narrative from start to finish is concerned, and all the challenges thereof, especially compared to how they did things just a few years ago, where they really didn't have the kind of leeway to create that consistent flowing story from almost from start to finish. Like it's stuff like that that I can appreciate a lot more now that I've thought about what the writers and producers did to make all of that sort of work. Even through the parts that maybe didn't as much for whatever reason, I feel like I appreciate more about what works about Power Rangers as opposed to what doesn't. Okay. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. I mean, going back to Lost Galaxy, that's kind of, I think, same for me is one of my favorite seasons is that for me, yes, the, you know, the pre, like the Zordon era um, had some, you know, quite pivotal moments, emotional moments, but I really thought it's when Lost Galaxy kind of kicked in is that's where the, the depth and the writing really started to pick up. I mean, the Magna Defenders uh, arc, you know, around his vengeance for Zika and that whole episode about him, you know, learning to sacrifice himself. You get your first major death of a Power Ranger with Kendricks, obviously, as uh, Disney Brown was saying, like the writing behind that is because the actress had cancer, so they had to try and write her out respectfully. I just thought that that was the first time, especially as an adult, like going back and watching them, that's the first season that really, for me, I thought there's more to this than just like Kiars and jumps and explosions and, and you know, the occasional character arc. I, I think, you know, the, the original four seasons do have that, but Lost Galaxy for me is where they, they turned it up to 11. I mean, I suppose a, a, an interesting point for me would be, what does your sort of, uh, I suppose, video creation process look like? Would it be the case that you would sit down and watch a season and then sort of like think about it? Or would you watch a season, sort of find a point where you're like, oh, they've actually done something interesting there. I'm going to start sort of uh, producing a video built around that point. Or is it just sort of as as it comes, I suppose? That's a good question. I think it's really a combination of all three it, it it sometimes depends on the season because for example when i was making my lightspeed rescue video i hadn't watched that season in a while at that point mm -hmm. so i knew that re-watching it would would bring up a lot of new details and interesting discussion points so i rewatched the entire thing before then thinking about the parts that i thought would make for an interesting video and interesting points to bring up and that really changed my perspective on a lot because originally I was not a big fan of Joel Rawlings, but then I rewatched okay. the season and was like, actually, Joel is kind of interesting. Mm. So that was a that was a big part of the script. And 
and this actually goes back to the other point you were mentioning about like how watching through a season and then stopping at a certain point would come up with an interesting idea because with light speed rescue specifically i reached the episode i reached uh one of the episodes which is probably my favorite ever of that season and at that point it had resonated with me so much in that moment that i wanted to make a video of just that episode before mm. I made that two-part video that discussed the entire season. Okay. And Faces from the past. That's the episode. Right. Okay. Is, is that the one with Lost Galaxy turning back up, or is that a different one? Oh, no, the Lost Galaxy team-up episode is Trakina's Revenge, which oh, yeah. I am not fond of. <laughs> no. Yeah. There's some bad stuff in that. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> Lightspeed Light Rescue is actually one that I like but haven't revisited in a long time i think it kind of gets like undermined and forgotten about which is a shame yeah it does it does have more of a reputation of being sort of air compared to a lot of the seasons around it that are a bit more memorable for whatever reason and mm. also there was a large stigma against carter in the early days for whatever reason and thankfully, that stigma has turned around because I always thought he was a pretty awesome character. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, there was. I mean, I, I see a lot of memes and stuff on kind of like the you know the fan bases about Carter's very trigger happy and just like carries <laughs> guns around and all the time, which is quite funny. Um, I also you know like Speed Rescue. I enjoyed that they you know put an American Titanium Ranger in for the you know the American show and. He's a great ranger as well. I absolutely love oh, yeah, that was awesome. the look of him. So, yeah. I mean, kind of going on to that, if we kind of do like a, a round table sort of thing, favorite seasons, any standout seasons for anyone? Um, we'll start with you, Disney Brain. Well, well, outside of Lost Galaxy being the obvious one, Jungle Fury would definitely yeah. have to take the two spot as far as my favorite seasons are concerned. Just love pretty much all of the character work done there. Uh, obviously, with Casey and Daishi and slash Jared specifically is probably my favorite example of a dynamic where the hero informs the villain and vice versa and how that all sort of comes together in the end is amazing. And they started out with apparently like, like replacement writers because that was during the infamous writing strike that oh, was yeah. going on. Yeah. So somehow between the regular writers eventually coming back into the fold and the replacement writers that they had to use at some point, they sort of made it all work. And that's just really impressive to me. I mean, Aiden, do you want to fire away? Was uh, your first favorite season? I mean, I'm also the same. Lost Galaxy is my um, my favorite. Uh, it's, it's kind of hard one. I mean, I, I kind of am unfortunately one of them fans that kind of likes the, the original stuff, the Zordon era. I, I like the post sword on stuff but going back and rewatching Mighty Morphin actually you know recently then I, I feel like it's rose tinted glasses there's some good <laughs> stuff in it and it is great but I, I'd probably put Zio if I'm honest I, I, I really enjoyed Zio I think there's they, they build on what was good about Mighty Morphin and kind of carry on with that it was a good time yeah yeah especially bringing back kind of you know like Jason and keeping some of the older villains in that that yeah that that holds a fun place in my heart um nath what about you uh i mean i think i've already made clear with with wild force is my favorite um in terms of just the villains jindrak and toxica amazing such such a great joke even as when i was a kid i 
I love the comedy that they could bring and just the also their, their, their character arcs and the, just the whole Ranger team, to be honest, was my favorite. I love the whole mm. wild aesthetic. The Zord was my favorite, actually. Like the wild Zord had so many cool permutations. And uh, I don't know, I, I, I really, really loved it. As I said, the theme song's still stuck in my head. But um, Wild Force would definitely be for me is I think uh, the most sort of, the way I envision my idea of Power Rangers comes from from Wild Force more directly. I mean, I did, uh, I think it was, it was 2017, they did um, the Mighty Morphin sort of uh, live stream marathon on Twitch. And I, I watched a lot oh, of okay. that back in the day. And because uh, I, again, I, I'd, I've seen bits of uh, Mighty Morphin, like when I was a kid, reruns you'd catch and stuff like that, because, you know, it's, it's still just the iconic sort of Power Rangers season. But um, yeah, like I, I'm going, I can remember watching it and uh, just really enjoying it still. That, that Of course, the tone's very, very different from a modern sort of Power Rangers show and uh, it's a bit more you know, ep- episodic, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I, I still really enjoyed it. But no, definitely Wild Force. And, and, and Ben, where, where, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I've probably got to say Time Force, if I'm honest. Mm. Uh, obviously, a lot of nostalgia there being my first proper Power Ranger series. Um, but I think revisiting it, I got very heavily invested in uh, Wes um, as a character. I really liked his dynamic with Jen and that and the whole team. Uh, I think it was a very interesting concept. Uh, and I liked how they um, tackled some quite interesting real world issues like um, discrimination and mm. gave a lot of humanity to uh, the, what we perceive as villains. Um, when a lot of them have um, their own reasons and, and justifications for what they've done. Um, so, yeah, I think um, Time Force for me is definitely... Plus, I love the Quantum Ranger. I think he's just absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I, can't, I can't say enough praise about uh, Time Force, really. I mean, you, you, yes, a good choice. I've also we've mentioned this several times about, about nostalgia, and I wonder, Disney Brain... As you said, you started from from the, you know you're watching Mighty Morphin as it sort of came out as a kid. How, how do you find that you sort of handle the nostalgia aspect of it? Like, do you, do you find it hard to sort of go back and rewatch seasons that you may have had fond memories of as a kid, but then you sort of, as you sort of dig deeper in the analysis, you realize you sort of start finding these flaws that you wouldn't have picked up as as a kid. Do you, do you find that? Do you, do you have a problem with that at all? That's a good question, and that actually brings me back to what you referenced in terms of the Twitch Power Rangers marathon, which I was also watching an exorbitant amount of <laughs> back when that was happening yeah. in preparation for the 2017 movie. Mm-hmm. And I found I found that to be more charming than anything. Mm. I feel like I feel like there's there there was a point where I was like, eh, maybe MMPR isn't as good as it used to be, mm-hmm. but I feel like when I got even older than like what 18, 19 or whatever that was that I could start appreciating a lot of what they were trying to do more. And a lot of the mistakes are more charming to me than like these damning narrative flaws or whatever. And that's what really surprised me about coming into that marathon. Like I was kind of a little bit surprised by how easy it was to watch like even through the awkward or maybe cringier moments they just came off as just really charming to me and maybe that is a bit of nostalgia doing the whole loop around where i'm back to thinking it's actually way better than it was but i feel like i can i've never had really a problem with admitting what flaws older shows that i've grew up on have 
while also appreciating how they speak to me now and how they used to speak to me back then. An extremely mature <laughs> position. Because <laughs> I, 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 I'm one of those people that does struggle with, with the removal of the rose tinted goggles. And I don't know about you, Aiden and Ben, do you, do you guys struggle with that? Uh, yeah. I, like I said, I, I went and rewatched it uh, not long ago, actually. Um, and I still was very much immersed into it. And like like everyone's been saying here, the is quite charming and and also it's a very much a product of his time. It's a very nineties product, mm. and I kind of run with that. I must say, actually, the only thing that took me out, and I never obviously as a child, I never noticed it, was the power transfer episodes and the obvious fact that the actors of Jason, Trini and Zach are no longer involved and they have basically someone dubbing over their voices and the editing trying to stop them from being in it too much unless they're in Ranger costumes as a kid, never noticed that, didn't bat an eyelid, watched Mm. those episodes recently and I was like oh wow that's really evident that they're not involved and like the Trini it's it's the Trini voice that gets me like they just completely miscast this random dub and and I'm just like that's not Trini that's really not Trini I'm like what have you done like this is insane and, and again you know as a kid though it's it's great because they probably thought you know oh, as kids watching it they're not going to notice that or if they they might just have it like as a fluttering like thought and then it's gone but yeah um it it has charms it definitely has charms and like I said I I am very fond of it you know I mean I've got the box sets up there I do love them for what they are and you know if and when I have kids they will be watching that absolute 90s cheese and, and love it. they will love it. They have but absolutely like, no choice in the matter. Like Disney brand said, there was a lot going for them, especially because, you know, they, you know, I don't know how much you two know, obviously Disney brand, but like the production behind season two and three, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get the Sentai footage and having to obviously change it all up and stuff. Props to them for kind of doing it as, you know, quickly and as efficiently as I could. You know, they, 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 you know, the season two was a completely different season of Sentai and they managed to get the White Ranger involved, the Thunderzord. So, yeah, I, I appreciate it for what it is now, if anything, and, and an accolade to the how they managed to pull that off, really. And, and, and you, Ben, do, 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 do you have this, well, the nostalgia bug? I mean, it's, it's an interesting one, really, because I, um, I think with anything, especially when you're uh, suggesting something that you love, uh, to someone else, like I've, I've tried trying to get you into to One Piece, which um, you very and, very successful at, very successful, <laughs> very successful. Um, but looking back at the early episodes, it's just you know it's not what it is now, mm-hmm. and I think that's all I I think I need to do with Power Rangers: look at it as what it was, and have a little chuckle at all the the bit of cringes. Um, but like you said, just appreciate that little bit of charm, and it, it is such a nineties thing that. You can't separate the two, and you just yeah. got to look at it for what it is. I mean, I will say, anyone uh, who is listening who managed to tune into that Twitch live stream, it was actually fantastic. Like seeing everyone spam the little uh, lightning bolt uh, when the, the morph, the Power Rangers were morphing, and uh, Pog whenever uh, Rita Repulsa was on the screen, it was it was it was a great great experience. I mean, it was, it was very very popular as well. They had like forty odd thousand people in the chat. I remember for the first couple of days at least, but it's sort of you know, deep it off, but, um, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It was really, really quite popular, but I, I mean, where was I going with this in terms of, as that led up to the build up towards the, the 2017 film, what, what, what were your sort of feelings on, on that? And, and I know that it, it's all been a bit 
<laughs> a bit of a mess on that regard with either a sequel or anything like that. But uh, how did you feel about the, the 2017 movie? Yeah, so I generally like the 2017 film. I understand where a lot of the problem areas are, but I kind of just appreciated Power Rangers sort of taking a more human-first approach and really approaching this as a teen drama first and foremost with a lot of what I felt were pretty likable characters just going through their troubling day-to-day lives. Yeah. And it is it is very much a departure in that way from the original MMPR who were a lot more goody-two-shoes kids where you wouldn't expect them to really get up to trouble because they were upstanding citizens. But I always found that the angle of taking kids who are more, a bit more troubled, that's actually kind of more of a more of a Dino Thunder angle, mm-hmm. where, where Connor, of course, wasn't exactly morally upstanding in the, in, in the first couple of episodes, but sort of developed that over time. So that feels a lot more sort of inspired in the way that 2017 Jason was sort of formulated, where he made his own mistakes and was using this responsibility as a way to sort of step up to the mantle of leader and make up for make up for past failings in that sense. Mm. So that carrying over to essentially the entire team in a sense, that's what really interested me. And wasn't wasn't too big on the entire sort of aesthetic of the movie. And that yeah. was probably something that they could have workshopped a little bit more. Yeah. I, I, it does it does have its own charm, but it's like well it doesn't doesn't quite look like anything, and I can't tell that the mastodon is a mastodon. It looks like a, a giant pile of junk. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't I didn't like the sort of like um I mean I love the the Michael Bay movies, but it did feel like they sort of based the Zord designs on that kind of like biomechanical Michael Bay kind yeah. of look. And I, I feel like as well that the morphing suits they're very toned very dull on the color they had that sort of gloss sort of finish but i mean yeah they didn't look you know when you think of parents it's a bright you know it's a bright red it's a, it's a bright yellow it's, it's all very sort of you know very clear however in in this one it just i mean you know you could tell that they were the red range or the yellow range but it wasn't you know as potent so i fully agree with you in the aesthetic uh, department yeah. could have it, you just need a bit more time in the oven but it was still an enjoyable experience i, I still enjoyed watching it as a uh as a Power Rangers film, but... um, Yeah, I mean, me and Ben watched it in cinema and it's weird talking about nostalgia. I mean, I when I summarise this film to people, I basically call it Breakfast Club with a bit of Power Rangers in the mix, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. which, you know, I'm, I'm all for, but I remember going to watch this and, again, it was the nostalgia train hitting hard, but the, the first time Jason says it's morphing time, both me and Ben in the cinema went, yes! And I, <laughs> there's, I don't think anyone else, like, even batted an eyelid at it, but for, for me, to hear that on the big screen again was, was monumental or more phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, like, that... that, that I, I know the film's quite diversive, but I, I enjoy it for what it is. It's, you know, it's... And obviously, we're not going to get a sequel now. Um, that's, you know, we've kind of moved on to different things. Um, you know, speaking of which, um, what what do you think, Disney Brand, of this potential Netflix universe they're kind of looking at trying to do? Um, that's a great question. I'm I'm not sure what what quite it'll look like. I do have a, have a, a cautious bit of optimism for it because Jonathan and Twistle is managing it. And he seems like the kind of guy, even more than like Dean Israelite or whoever was writing the 
original script for the 2017 movie, who will lean more into the sort of the teen psyche drama aspects that I really liked about the 2017 film. So mm. just based on the shows that he's already successfully thrown out there into the Netflix scape. So if he's allowed to really stick within that comfort zone and do what he seems to like to do best in these kind of youth driven stories, then I think we'll have really strong characters. And that to me is the most important part. And then it's all a matter of how the, how the aesthetics of things sort of comes together. And I'm not sure who else they'll have involved in that project or what it'll even at a cursory level really look like or how scaled up or scaled down it'll be in terms of tonality and overall maturity. So there's a lot of question marks, but at a very base level, I like that they got in Twistle specifically to run it because I think that he's going to provide a lot of what great about Power Rangers on a human drama level. So on that level, I think we're in pretty good hands, and it's just about how all the rest of the elements surrounding that sort of congeals. Yeah, okay. nice. That's a good way of looking at it, actually. Um, speaking of kind of film stuff, have you have you watched that um bootleg version of Power Rangers that's on YouTube? I have. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? It's very diversive. <laughs> I. I enjoy it as as a kind of interesting interesting sort of parody universe it is. It's interesting to me that it took so long for so many fans to realize that it was this big expense well I assume relatively expensive parody yeah. of what a big Hollywood studio would event would turn Power Rangers into, which ironically was nothing like the 2017 movie we ended up getting, but I think I haven't seen that that uh, film in a while, but I think it's got a lot of really interesting things to say about how sort of the, the the core of MMPR would seemingly naturally develop over time, and how and how their sort of never-ending war would sort of lend itself to an inherently darker interpretation of how these characters would then grow up into this world. So I think it's got a lot of really interesting things to say that sort of got buried under the idea that people assumed it was just this really edgy try-hard thing when it was really only edgy or try-hard because that was the point of the parody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad that we've got a more positive review on it because I've spoken to people about this and like you've said, they all think it's really edgy or you know, it's 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 unnecessarily violent and gritty. But mm. if you took out the cheese, the like the, the you know the setting and the you know the fact that it's a kids show, essentially this is what Power Rangers is: is is they're sending children to war, and that and they mention that in in this uh, parody. You know, they're children who go to war and have to you know suffer loss, have to deal with these things. It's an adult take on it, and I, mm. I really enjoy it personally. It's only 15, 20 minutes, but you know. It's something for you know. It's it's an adult version of Power Rangers, and I'm I'm all for it. I think people should give it a watch and take off the you're watching a children's show and put on the this is what Power Rangers would look like if it had been aimed at adults back then. Um, yeah. So that's that's great. Um, kind of spinning back around. So we touched on favorite seasons, favorite Rangers, Disney Brain. It's Kendricks. <laughs> great choice. <laughs> She'd be up there for me. Um, mine is Magna Defender. 
I love that guy. Both him and Mike's interpretation. Um, Nath? Oh, I mean, I think uh, for me, it'd have to be Cole. Uh, the Red Ranger from Wild Force with... Uh, oh, this... controversial. I like him a lot, man. I like him a yeah, lot. You, like... know, you know what happened, don't you? Um, I mean, yes. I know, I know. I, I mean the character. Okay, I, I, okay. I, I know, I know. But I like the character. And I'm... I, I mean, do, do you want me to explain? Like, do, do I... You go ahead, Aiden. You explain why that's wrong, and I'm wrong for appreciating his. Character. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm yanking your chain. The, the character no, himself is great. It's just, it's just, it's a bit awkward now, like with obviously what, what happened. You know, like the talk, like there's people on forums talking about the lightning collection, and they're like, yeah, do you reckon we'll ever get a wild force red? No, Maybe just don't, just don't put the face on there because you know he, he, he may have, may have not killed someone with a samurai sword. But hey, whatever, that's for, fine. This is a nice, happy episode. So moving forward, Ben. Uh, Unbelievable! <laughs> <laughs> of course, I make the wrong choice. Of course, I mean as long as you. I mean, I, that's my favorite season. He was the, my original, first Red Ranger. As long as you don't say um, Ninja Storm Red, he's just as bad. I, I like Ninja Storm Red. I, yeah, he was not great either as a person. Oh, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I, I do know that, but I mean, unfortunately, he's, he's had passed at this time. But um, yeah. you know, I, I, I guess I'm. My my childhood is just uh, a <laughs> dark underbelly of uh, all this horror that is going on. But um, there's there's like an exorbitant amount of like old PR actors who sort of out themselves as a uh, not great people. But, yeah. But like I think like like a like Scott's like Scott's actor Eka Darville is like weirdly weirdly right leaning and like. It's, that's uh, <laughs> post conspiracy theories and shit. Like that's not great. That's a weird look. <laughs> Speaking of which, I was shown Ben this. Um, Dizzy Brown, do the um actor who plays Justin? Uh, did you see that he did a UFC match against the child actor who played Rocky for like two episodes in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? I did see that. That was it's so absurd. weird. I thought I was in the Twilight Zone. It's <laughs> <laughs> so absurd. Like the fact that um, you know, bless him, but. This child is claiming he's like a Red Ranger and he's like an OG Power Ranger. It's like, no, you're a child in two episodes, but okay. And he got absolutely bladdered by Justin. Oh, I mean, and, and, and what's funnier is obviously Justin is the punch bag of the PR universe and he just went and laid waste to the guy in, in the first round. So I'm not taking the piss out of Justin anymore at all. He'll be after you in a second. Yeah, he, 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 he can keep that blue turbo more for a It's fine. Just crack on, man. I don't want you laying me out in one round. Ben? Yeah, sorry, Ben. Yeah. Well, back to it. Um, I mean, I, I love uh, White Ranger Morphin, but I think Gold Ranger has to be the one for me. Uh, just yeah. the, 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 the armor, the, the black and gold, it just just everything works. I yeah. love that suit. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely one of the. It's up there as one of my favorites as well. Um, more so when Jason dons it. But again, yeah. Um, moving on. You know, favorite Rangers, favorite villains. Let's uh, let's take it over to Disney Brain. I think it's Daishi, honestly. Like, there's a lot of really great villains in Power Rangers, but mm-hmm. I think like I always think back to that one episode where where Carnosaur is forcing. Daishi to cha- to change his memories of how things worked in the past, where 
part were parts of his past where he could have cheated and he could have abused his old family, but he didn't. And now he's like, actually, you did all those things. And then and then Day she's like, that's not how it happened. And I'm just like, well, now I'm going to cry. <laughs> so I think that's the villain that resonates the most for me. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of where the again the nostalgia tint comes on. I absolutely adore Lord Zed. Um, and I don't know if you do read them, Disney Brian, but the uh, Boom comics are really going in depth into his origin, and you know how he became Lord Zed, and I'm I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. So um, Lord Zed for me, but I will give a quick shout out to Rito and Ecliptor because again, two very interesting characters, especially Ecliptor. Oh, I love Ecliptor. Yeah, that's a great mm. choice. Uh, I mean, I, as I said, I love Ginger Action Toxica from um, Wild Force. Uh, Master August, yeah, he's he's pretty he's pretty creepy as a kid actually. Like, I really hated his eyes; it really freaked me out when I was young. But um, I love Rita Repulsa. She's just her voice is is just like nails on a white blackboard, but I love it. And uh, she's she's probably the most uh, one stuck in my head the most. But uh, I also love Ranzik, you know, from from Time Force. As I said, like one of my earliest memories is him pulling that sort of. Uh, sword straight out of his knee and all that but um yeah i'd, I'd probably say Rita repulsa as a which is a very you know generic answer but i think it's for a reason you know yeah of... yeah i mean uh Ranzig would definitely be up there as time forces so it's like one of my favorites and i, I just love his whole aesthetic um mm. also astronomer mm. very good choice mm. probably prefer her post you know the post her going onto the ranger side and going back and brainwashing all that so mm. i prefer her post definitely um but yeah ramsey for her good choice and moving on swiftly favorite zords disney brain um hmm. so i i don't know if we'll get us put on a government watch list to admit this but i really love the isis megazord from wild <laughs> i think that's my favorite <laughs> I, yeah. Like, any any FBI watching this? I swear it's a real thing. I, yeah, that has not I, aged I, well. That. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we need to put a dis- we're we're gonna have to put a disclaimer. I mean, it is a very cool magazine. But... <laughs> oh, no, it's not affiliated with any terrorist. No, no of terrorist organizations. Any FBI agent watching for any. But in no legal way are we endorsing uh, any such actors by any such party known as ISIS. But um, blame Jonathan Sakura. Li- we had nothing to do with this. <laughs> we do yeah, like also, the Megazord, you, though. You are right. Like typing that up on on eBay or stuff now must be really like touch and go. Like ISIS Megazord, and you're blocked. You, your FBI is on the way. Yeah, so. I was like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a good choice, actually. Um, to be fair, again, I. Dragon Zord is number one. Mm. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge like Godzilla like dragon type fan. I think we discussed this before. You know, uh, like Digimon, I liked War Greymon. I like the dragon kind of aesthetics. But if I kind of went out of that, I I also like the SPD Megazord. Oh, the SPD Megazord was a really cool one, actually. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, what about you, Nath? Uh, I think it'd be the Predator um, Wild Force one where you had the hammerhead. Uh, oh, the Predazord, yeah. I love it. That was one. a really cool one. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Ben? Uh, I'd have to go with the um, Dino Thunderzord. Um, I actually loved it. Um, obviously, I had the figure and things, and I like how it's just like three Zords instead of like your typical five. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it still works really well. And that drill arm is just awesome. 
very tangled. Also, like that they obviously had like interchangeable swords that you could add on to it, like the polar, the, yeah. the Bear Brothers and stuff was pretty cool. No, definitely. Yeah, no, the Zord, the Zords obviously are like a huge part of it, and you know, I think they, uh, they also, I, I, I don't know, I obviously haven't been up to date on the Sentai, but I'm pretty sure they they did an episode where they blended Q Rex and Dragon Zord together, like fused it. Oh, the Q Rex. Yeah, there's a Q Rex Dragon Zord. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. I could could be waffling, but I saw it posted on Reddit. So, um, yeah. Um, obviously, this is kind of where Disney Brain's forte comes in. But um, favorite character arc or you know journey of a character from Power Rangers. I know there's loads you could talk about. Oh yeah, that's a tough one. Um. Hmm. Oh well. Um. <laughs> I think, thinking about it, it might be Leo, just because he, I feel like, embodies a lot of the sort of sacrificial nature of what Lost Galaxy tends to go for, but in his his entire journey is sort of living up the mantle that his brother left behind, and at that point in time, he never really had a direct experience to sort of be a direct part of that narrative in the sense of being able to sort of be sacrificial in that sense. And it's in his final moments, literally the journey's end, where mm. he finally gets his own chance using the powers that were given to him through his own brother's sacrifice, which at that point he had done twice at that point because Mike is just insane sometimes. <laughs> but that's what really made that moment resonate for me. The fact that even long before that he had proven himself as an amazing and rightful Red Ranger, and even there was an entire episode of that once Mike came back mm. into the fold. But that moment where he was just willing to put it all on the line to literally end the journey was just perfectly symbolic of everything the season had tried to put to push to the forefront from episode one, and that was as good a way to end a journey as I think you could have made it. Like, there's nothing I would change about how Lost Galaxy ends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, that that would have been my number one choice. But to pick a different one, I actually really enjoy Astronomer's arc all the way from in space, all the way through to Lost Galaxy. I like that, you know, she's obviously still been chased by the demons of being a villain and feels that she has to earn the right to become the new uh, Galaxy Pink Ranger. I think, and again, that whole, you know, build up of her being Andros's sister, spoiler alert, if no one's watched in space by now. Oh um, no. Yeah. Um <laughs> sorry folks. But yeah, I mean that that was a really good arc. And again, Power Rangers, even in their earlier days, they they the sympathetic villain and the interesting villains were something that they they always managed to pull off on some seasons. Can't say all of them, but um and this is why I'm so excited about Lord Zed in the in the comics, because you actually are now seeing sympathy behind the character. So yeah, that'd be for me. What about you two? Ben, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, I mean, you took mine. Um, Astronomer <laughs> would, would have been my choice. Uh, but other, other than that, I think, um, as, as I said, Wes, I think he mm. has a great uh, great arc for it out all. Um, I think we're good looking back at it now with the sort of Power Ranger formula of having the, the red leader and that. I like how Time Force takes that away a bit and uh, Jen's more the leader and he sort of has to earn his right to be and, and be part of the team and that. And, uh, I don't know. I like I like his trials and tribulations he goes through to become yeah. who who he is in the end. Yeah, I, you literally 
stole mine right out of my <laughs> mouth. So I was I was going to say was because it, it is a pretty pretty. I mean, Time Force is one of the best seasons. I think not my favorite, as I said, Waffles, but uh, not for because of the potential murder <laughs> <laughs> connections. But that's not what I'm into. But um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty no. sure he's in Power Rangers Samurai, isn't he? Correct me if I'm wrong. He's he comes he back. Is, yeah. He's in Rick- Power Rangers Samurai and uses a samurai. Oh. Like, oh, can't it, write that yeah. <laughs> but Wes has a fantastic character. Sort of him overcoming yeah. like the whole relationship with his dad and actually rising to become a proper leader. And uh, mm. you know, Jen sort of learning to accept that as well. Is 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 it's a great, compelling uh, season. And uh, I think you know, as Ben, ben said, is he's a, really one of those Red Rangers where you definitely feel like there's a lot of growth there that happens rather than just sort of a very sort of cardboard cutout, you know, as yeah. we me- as mentioned, maybe with Mighty Morphin, they're a bit more just goody two-shoes, they're already perfect, and they just go and do stuff rather than they've got to get to somewhere, you know? Speaking of Red Rangers, I'm gonna, we're going to have to talk about it. Forever Red, the, the, the almost the episode that I, I, li- I think that's what really brought my love back to Power Rangers back when I was wavering as a kid. Mm. Disney Brain, Forever Red, yay or nay? Oh, very much here. I love it. It's it's a super hype episode. I like all the pretty much all the Red Rangers that they have there. And there's not too many Red Rangers I don't like, honestly. But yeah, yeah, that was that was a great episode. And really knowing more about the behind the scenes and what went into making it, and yeah. all the sort of compromises and and ways they tried to write around all the limitations that they had makes it even more compelling to me how it all came together and how they eventually landed on Serpentera being kind of a perfect villain to sort of come together and beat because it really was literally and figuratively the biggest threat the Rangers had ever faced during the time. And yeah. if any villain could figure out how to power that thing for more than five minutes, then you were going to do a lot of blowing up shit. <laughs> Absolutely. I, like you said about the behind the scenes and stuff, because obviously there was a whole that the writer of that episode obviously put a lot of things that were potentially supposed to be canon or were left on the cutting room floor. Because um, obviously the Zeo, because obviously the, I think there was like bits on how the Zeo powers kind of just disappeared and then they were going to try and write in that actually there was things that had happened to the Zeo powers. I think that's one of the biggest unsolved mysteries within the pr fandom is what the hell happened to the zero powers like did they just stop using them because they get stronger every time they use them or did they lose them because apparently there's like a whole thing in the turbo movie that if they react with water it like kind of depletes them so yeah i don't know i mean what any thoughts on that disney brain oh yeah it would have been interesting to learn more about how that sort of Congeals. I think the biggest sort of detail that that the writers included in there is the idea that Tommy kind of naturally became, in many respects, the new Zordon in the way that he was looking to lead this team of rangers on a mission. And the fact that, unlike Zordon, he was looking to really sort of proactively initiate the fight as opposed to really stand there and look to defend after the fact. And based on what we know about how that sort of writing process went down, that was supposed to be an intentional and direct change, which would have eventually led into more of a Breaking Bad style Tommy arc Mm. if we had ever gotten to, what was it, Hexagon? Yeah, that's the one. 
And it's really interesting to see that perspective as well as sort of how Jason comes into the fold as kind of the polar opposite in the sense where he shows up late, he doesn't seem especially motivated to be there. And that sort of kind of coalesces with how, in many respects, the peace conference that he was sort of written out to attend didn't really work. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what led him back into the fold as the Gold Ranger and being sort of an empowered individual again, as opposed to someone who could sort of stand on more of a more of a purely human side and look to maybe solve a few world crises through that. Him sort of becoming in a sense, disillusioned with the Ranger mission while Tommy is that much more involved with it was a really interesting way to sort of uh, diverge both of the way their characters grew up and developed over time to me. I really like that detail. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, kind of going on a tangent from that, um, have you read many of the Boom comics? I've read a fair bit of them. I... I'm very far behind at this point because I haven't caught up since those those new powers in relation to that peace conference, which in the Boom universe is the Omega the Rangers. Yeah, the Omega Rangers. But where I stopped on that comics line was right around when they were introduced. But I've read pretty much everything before that, and I've read most of the sort of individual graphic novel sto- one-off stories as yeah. well, which I have a very very mixed feelings on but you know yeah yeah what's your feelings on the main comic book line yeah i think i think what i've read was pretty enjoyable i especially liked the grace sterling arc and how that Mm. sort of come together with the 1969 rangers so that was probably my favorite overall individual story of the of that original run from kyle higgins so and the GoGo Power Rangers comics were really fun too. They were a lot more lighthearted and bouncy, and I think they make a good sort of uh, companion piece with the with the MMPR comics line because it feels like they're having a lot more fun with the material and not taking as drastic approach with the whole build up to Lord Draken and everything that entails. So I feel like both of them accomplish slightly different goals, and both of them are pretty well done because of that. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree. I, I mean, I'm I'm a massive fan of them. Um, I'm kind of up to speed with them, and I, I must say the Omega Rangers thing, kind of taking over the peace conference thing, was a really clever way of keeping them characters in and something fresh and innovative. So yeah, I'm I, I'm very much invested in it. Um, any more questions, guys? Um, I, I will say that I just to be quite honest with you that I actually discovered your channel through your your Carmen Rider uh, videos as I sort of went on a bit oh wow. Of- yeah, I went on a bit of a, a, a rabbit hole uh, with Kamen Rider. Started watching Kamen Rider build, then dabbled in Geo. Couldn't make sense of any of it, but um, uh, <laughs> I tried Decade as well. Uh, but I, I mean, that that wider sort of Tokusatsu sort of. I mean, it has a you know huge influence on on Power Rangers, Super Sentai, and everything. Did you sort of uh, how how did you sort of pair that up? I guess did you sort of go from Power Rangers to the Super Sentai, and then like with the sort of insight of 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 seeing the Super Sentai. Do you, I suppose, seeing the parallels, how how does that influence your, I suppose, view of Power Rangers? Yeah, it's really interesting because when I was actually making my Dino Charge and Dino Supercharge videos, I had at that point already made a video on Kyoryuger, which is easily one of my favorite Sentais, even though I haven't seen a lot of them to completion. Mm -hmm. So it was really 
easy to pick up on when I was rewatching Dino Charge, where they sort of use that Sentai footage, where their plot points kind of diverge to make sense of it for the Western audiences. And that was not a part of my brain I was able ever able to turn off. And it was really, really interesting to see exactly how that all sort of came together. And I think being able to see it from the Super Sentai side of things does give me a lot more appreciation and insight in that sense for how the writers and producers work around that footage to create a Power Rangers season. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think it increased my appreciation for both a lot more, especially when they do some really interesting and really creative things with how they edit the footage and create what would otherwise, what would I think be completely different plot trajectories just based on changing one or two things or not having this or that character available. Mm. And one of my favorite examples is actually when when Xenowing comes up in Dino Supercharge because how it works originally in Kyoryuger is that the orig- is that the person that would have originally uh, been the evil side of him was actually the Red Ranger's father, which of course is completely different in the Power Rangers version, but they sort of rework that footage to make it so that in since they don't have a had a human actor for that, they had it so that the evil version of Zinnowing was that version of the Silver Ranger, and then they made it so that the fight footage was edited in such a way that he could sort of overcome that, and then the real Zinnowing could become the Silver Ranger down the line. So I thought that was just a really, really creative way of using Sentai footage, given the given the staff and materials you have on hand, to reinvent that sort of plot point and still make it make sense in both shows. Yeah, because that's a very interesting sort of... I, I, I don't think there's many shows really like it, like Power Rangers, that does have that sort of... Uh, that use of of, of 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 another show's footage and sort of having to repurpose it like that that it's all sort of patched together i suppose in a way and uh, yeah. I, I think that that's it must it must be such an interesting or an interesting challenge for the for the writers and the producers of the show to sort of have to to, sure, to pair yeah. that all together but um i suppose also just one of the last questions i'd offer would be um well, what sort of stuff do you enjoy outside of power Rangers? As you have made sort of anime and manga uh, reviews on your channel like what sort of stuff you usually find yourself consuming yeah i i'm definitely i'm definitely uh i watch a fair bit of anime i think i'm sort of right in the middle of jujutsu kaisen right now which is which was the hot big new thing from last year mm-hmm. so there's a there's a couple of animes that i really enjoy and i would say my biggest thing as far as media consumption is concerned is just cinema in general I I absolutely love movies. I go out to, I go out to the theater whenever I can and going back to the theater when when covid was was a little bit less of a concern a few months back was a very a very thrilling time and exciting time for me. So I'd say that's that is my biggest area of passion as far as as far as media consumption goes outside of PR. Awesome. I must ask them, what's your kind of favorite film or top, whatever, you know, because no one can pick a definitive film? Mm, that is a very good question. I would say that my top two films are Inception and Arrival. Ooh, oh, okay. Arrival is a great choice. 
we're covering yeah, inception yeah. down the line so if you'd like to come back and discuss that with us uh we'd be happy to have you because that one is a debate uh that mm. film is a debate in oh, itself. yeah very much so um yeah i mean have you got any questions for us before we kind of wrap this up um, and just quickly thank you so much for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure and honor mm. for all of us here Oh, no problem at all. I'm, I'm happy to have been here and you guys have made this experience very much enjoyable. So thank you for, so much for that. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, if you don't have any questions for us, Disney Brian, I think uh, we can tie it up there. Um, yeah. Thank you for anyone who's been listening and um, please go and check out Disney Brian's YouTube page. Uh, he's got other social, he's got a Twitch, he's got a um, Twitter Um for any Power Rangers fans, it is the for me personally, is the definitive page to go on to for in-depth analysis and just to hear how great Power Rangers is really. It's it's, it's a hype page and in, in all the best ways. Um so yeah, thank you, Disney Brian, once more. Um and we will see you for our next episode. Awesome. Thank you so much.